Anywho, so good evening. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Um, Pastor is here. Open us up in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for this Sunday evening, Lord, that we can come back and uh, open your word and uh, hear your word taught and preached. And uh, we can hear from you tonight, Lord, and we can sing songs together, Lord, and enjoy fellowship. Just ask your blessings on the scene, Lord, in Jesus' name. So you'll need, if you can find a Bible, um, grab a Bible. I'll bring an extra one. If you'd like to read, cute little Bible. So I was talking with Tim, and we got one lesson left in the book of or in the, the series of the Jonas. Uh, he was really excited about, sounds like a pretty exciting uh, lesson in the la that last one. So he's pretty excited about uh, getting to teach that one. Did you say next? No, not next week. Or would it be next week? It would be the following, yeah, because it's... Two, two weeks is Two weeks is Easter, yeah, so it would be next week. So I figure we will we'll prep for Tim's excitement and get kind of an overview, kind of recap some of this stuff, and um, get prepared so we can be, um, try to keep up with Tim. Sometimes he gets going, and it's like hard to keep up with him sometimes, so, which is good and fun. So, um, I've kind of prepared. I was wanting to do a slideshow, but my nap went a little longer, so I didn't get to put it onto a slide. So... Kind of what I, how I have it laid out is it's just going to be kind of a trivia-ish night, trivia and discussion. So I kind of just laid out um, some questions, uh, the who, what, when, where questions. Um, and then we're going to go kind of basically over some of these. And then the what question, we'll just kind of go through the story of Jonah. We'll kind of see some things, be able to discuss some things, and um, it'll bring some things up. So um, let's start with who is Jonah? So I got a couple of answers. Anybody give me some answers of when they think of Jonah, who is Jonah? Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh, okay. Yes. <laughs> ooh, good one. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. So, uh, anybody knows what his name means? I thought this was kind of interesting. Fun little fact here. I think Tim mentioned this. Uh, it means dove. So, it's kind of a, a dove. Oh, I think he brought up what the dove Yes. Oh, I'm trying to remember what that was now. Yeah, because his dad was son. Yep. Oh, something. Anyway, yeah, so Dad was right. So kind of some, who is Jonah? We kind of think of, yep, uh, his ma name means dove. His father was Amatiah, best I can make out there. Um, he's also uh, the only prophet who Jesus likened himself to. Um, so let's, uh, let's go to Jonah 1.1. Keep a finger in Jonah because there's going to be, that's where we're going to mainly be. 
sponge on Jeremiah. Jonah. There it is, yes. <laughs> so Jonah 1.1, 1, 1, we see, yep, Jonah's father's name is uh, Amittai. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying. Um, and then in Matthew 12, okay, I have somebody turn to Matthew 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verses 39 and 41. And we see that... Uh, verse where the Lord talks about um, his resurrection and kind of likens that into Jonah. I'm up. And he answered and said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment and with this generation they shall condemn it, because they repent. They repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Can you read 40? Yes. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the, of the earth. So yeah, that was an interesting little fact of who Jonah is. He's the only one, kind of really a uh, prophet. I should say, uh, that the, uh, Jesus likened himself to. Another fun fact, the only Old Testament prophet whose story really revolved around a Gentile nation. You know, most of those prophets were you know, all about prophesying to Israel and, and Judah. Um, and does anybody know the previous prophet of Israel? It's kind of a little bit of a trick question. What is it? Before Jonah. Before Jonah. But the Bible mention, mentions anyway. It is Elisha. So there's some, oh, actually I already forgot them. There is some that are, bef are in between there, but they are prophets in Judah. So the, the next one that the Bible mentions seems to be Elisha. All right. So uh, some other prep questions before we get into really looking at the story of Jonah is when... So when did the events in the book of Jonah take place, roughly? <laughs> Actually, kind of a long bit after Elisha. Yeah. Yeah, it's around 770-ish B.C., 700, some somewhere in there. Um, so, and... Yeah, if we're looking at the king, yeah, kind of what Andy was talking about. Um, so in that time period, um, we have the king of Judah, Amaziah. Uh, so somebody goes to Second Chronicles chapter twenty-five, one through four, and if somebody could go to Second Chronicles twenty-six, one through five. Second Chronicles twenty-five, one through four. 
Amaziah was 25 years old when it began to rain, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoiadan of Jerusalem. They did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with the perfect heart. And it came to pass, when the kingdom was established to him, that he slew his servants that had killed the king his father, but he slew not their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses. For the Lord commanded, saying, The father shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. So yeah, we see uh, the king of Judah there. Amaziah was a pretty good king for the most part. Then he had some little things, got proudful uh, in the end of his life. Uh, then we have his son is kind of where it's, Jonah seems to fall more in his son's reign and his um, co-regency, the, the new term. Tim introduced to me, so I don't want to say it. It was regent to his father there in the last, it looked like 20-ish, 15, 20-ish years of his reign was um, Uzziah. So Second Chronicles 26, 1 through 5. And then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. He built Elah and restored it to Judah after that the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. So you see another good pretty good king and sort of like his father had um, some uh, pride issues that was his downfall does anybody know anything interesting about Uzziah that we kind of remember from the kings to kings to Christ study from Tim I didn't remember but then once I read it I was like oh I remember Tim saying this about him Um, nope was that the same that that might have been well, that he did become a leper. So that might be an applicable rule, but not the one I'm looking for. How was he doing? He was sick. He was healed, and King Uzziah died. Ah, gotcha. Oh. Yes, he was a pretty good king. This is some, something he did that is interesting, maybe for me and people that are like me. He was an inventor, um, and he invented uh, some stone slinging things and arrow slinging things, and he put them on towers. So it's kind of like kind of a some of the first catapult stuff. Uh, so it's kind of neat. So they were kind of like a technologically advanced and pretty powerful. Uh, Judah was pretty powerful nations. Had some pretty good defenses, uh, pretty good armies. He also hired like a hundred thousand armed men. So they were pretty pretty powerful uh, in the in the time of Jonah with Judah. Now let's look at. Um, Israel, the so what king was kind of during that time period um, of Israel? And of course, we know all the kings of Israel were kind of not good, but they were bad. So, anybody have a clue of when or yes, who was king of Israel during that time? Nope. So it had been so it had been after Ahab, and it had been after oh, 
it'd been pretty close. It'd be the two kings after him, kind of roughly where timeline kind of lays out. Then Jeroboam the second. Somebody go to Second Kings fourteen, twenty-three through twenty-seven. And this King Jeroboam was actually the one who, I guess, Amaziah got cocky and was going to try to take over Israel, and then um, Jeroboam. Defeated his armies and took him captive for a little bit. <laughs> so this is the Jeroboam the second, Second Kings fourteen twenty three through twenty seven. In the fifteenth year of Amaziah the son of Joash king of Judah, Jeroboam the son of Joash king of Israel began to reign in Samaria and reigned forty and one years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. He restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath unto the sea of Shechem, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gathheper. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter, for there was not any shut up, nor any left, nor any helper for Israel. And the Lord said not that he would... So much that he would block the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. So, yeah, pretty pretty interesting, just kind of the background that Israel and Judah were sort of prosperish um, during that time. It wasn't like, I kind of think of like Jonah as being in a time of, a, they were like captive and kind of oppressed, but it kind of doesn't seem that way. So it's Kind of interesting to me. All right, now we're going on to the next set of prep questions. Here's an easy one for you. Where was he called to preach? Nineveh. Good. Um, so here's a trick question. Where did he go? Wrong. <laughs> he went to Joppa to get onto a ship to go to Tarshish. So, yes. Yes, gotcha with the trick question. And he didn't actually make it there, but that's where he was going. So Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. Can somebody find that one for me? Dad. So Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So the next question kind of is, where is Joppa and where is Tarshish? So I kind of made printed out some of these maps. It was kind of interesting um, to see more perspective of where things were at. And you see Tarshish is the total opposite direction of Nineveh. Uh, so you see, like, and it's like quite far away. Um, like I kind of more imagined it to be like, you know, right across the way, but he was going opposite direction. Way far away from Nineveh, which is pretty interesting. Got swallowed by carp? Yeah, according to that map, he got swallowed by a big carp. <laughs> uh, that's kind of, kind of pretty interesting. So, so what was the um, kind of, one, what was one of the other world powers of that time? It was Assyria, yes. And <clears throat> and um, so, what was the capital of Assyria? Nineveh. So it's kind of kind of interesting. So he was told to go to 
the enemies who it's kind of one of the world powers capital cities to um, uh, preach there so you kind of see oh that kind of makes more sense of why he didn't really want to go potentially and then you see later in Jonah which we'll get to it of it wasn't so much probably it'd probably be kind of cool to as your enemy to be able to go and preach at your enemies enemies and tell them that they're going to uh, the Lord's judgment and wrath is going to be upon him, and then watch that happen. But the reason it seemed like the reason why he didn't want to do it is because he knew what the Lord would do if they repented, and that's not what he wanted to happen. So, on his way to um, opposite of Nineveh, I forgot Tarshish. He got to Joppa. He got on a boat, and what happened? He had a big storm, and, and all the sailors were like, ah, it's stormy. And um, so they couldn't figure out what to do, and they were throwing stuff overboard. And according to um, the infallible Veggie Tales, they threw bowling balls and all sorts of stuff, all their prized possessions, try to lighten the boat up. Um, but then they, they cast lots, and they were seeing... Um, you know, whose fault it was. And uh, so we look at two, at Jonah chapter 1. Um, verse 5, all the mariners, they were afraid, cried every man to his God, and cast forth the wares that were in their ship, their bowling balls and stuff, into the sea to lighten it up from them. But Jonah was gone down to the sides of the ship, and, uh, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if it be that God will think upon us that we perish not. So in verse 7, um, they said, And every, every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. So what was the response? So they, it was Jonah, and so they asked him, okay, so, so what, what is it? Um, who are you, and you know, why are things going so bad? What's your God doing to us? Um, what was their response to when Jonah told him his occupation? If you look in chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Yeah, they were kind of uh, pretty afraid. So... Um, verse 8, they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for what cause is this evil upon us? What is thine occupation? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? They said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. And you see the response here is, Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they were, um, it would be kind of pretty, uh, probably pretty scary. You got all, you're these mariners, and you got all your little superstitious gods, and um, you're praying, no, nothing's happening, and then this, this guy says, oh, yeah, it's my fault. And they're like, oh, well, how's it your fault? You know, who are you? And he's like, well, I serve the God who made the land and the sea. Yeah, like, so that would probably be pretty scary to them. Um, 
Um, so, so then Jonah, what did he tell him to do? He told him to throw him overboard. Um, but what did the sailors actually do? Well, they did three things. What are those three things that the sailors did? Yeah, so they didn't actually throw him overboard at first. They decided to start rowing, and then what did they do after that? They prayed, and then they ended up throwing him overboard. So Jonah chapter um, chapter 1, 11 through 15. Somebody read that for me. Abby. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sakes this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore, they cried unto the Lord, and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they looked up Jonah and cast, they took, oh, it's up here. So they looked up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. So that was, um, it'd be interesting to be in that situation of, you know, what would, what are those sailors thinking of? Um, like, why did they not just like throw him overboard? You know, this, this guy who has this god that's upset with him. Why would and this cause them all this stuff? They throw all their nice bowling balls in the sea and everything. Why would they not just like throw him in there? Um, that'd be, be kind of interesting, unless they kind of feared. Of who he is, they feared their Jonah's God. If he was a man of God, if maybe his wrath would be turned. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they cared about. Yeah, his life that much, or as maybe they're. I, I think of mariners as being pretty rough people. <laughs> like, Just cast him overboard. <laughs> but maybe yeah. Complaint <laughs> to the shark. Yeah, maybe they're just just trying one last attempt. I think there was a plank. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. The whale was a whale, but I think the whale did have teeth. So, yeah, interesting. Um, so, what happened to Jonah when he got thrown in? Do you know, Anna? Do you know, Joe? Big whale, yes. I think I heard you guys learned about this in Sunday school a little bit ago. So he got thrown into the water, got swallowed up by a whale. So after he got swallowed, what was Jonah's response? He prayed. Um, how much should our first response, um, not to just adversity, but um, is so often... When we get in diversity, that's not normally, or a lot of times, isn't our first response. Um, we kind of sometimes 
or like the, the sailors. We tried rowing harder or throwing stuff out, try to lighten the load. Um, but they would just pray. Uh, we would just pray how much better things would happen. So Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Could somebody read that? And Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. All right. So what was God's response to his cry? So Jonah chapter 2, verse 10. Jonah chapter 2, verse 10. Anybody want to read that for me? Andy? And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And then Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So a couple things happened. One, the Lord heard Jonah's prayer, and he told the fish um, where to go and spit him out on dry land. And then he also uh, talked to Jonah again the second time and told him to go back to Nineveh. Um, and one thing that stuck with me with, um, with the whole Jonah uh, lesson series that Tim's been doing, uh, kind of point Mrs. Reader brought up of, you know, the Lord didn't give up on Jonah, even though, um, you know, he was just like us and kind of ran away from God, uh, made mistakes. The Lord step, kept going back for him and um, kept speaking to him and ended up using him. And um, kind of interesting, Katura and I were talking, oh yeah, uh, Katura and I were talking to like, um, well her dad was preaching a message on uh, the other week on the sower and the seed and was liking it to more of, in, instead of uh, winning souls, but as, uh, as Christians letting the word work in our hearts and um, He's kind of talking about, you know, there's nothing wrong with the word, and there's really nothing wrong with the messenger um, as to why the word isn't growing in our hearts. Um, it has to do more with the stones in our life and um, the weeds and the tares in our life of why God's word isn't taking root. Uh, so we can kind of, and it kind of points to, like, you can point it at different people of why you're not um, growing and you can make excuses but we see it doesn't matter who the messenger is just like Jonah the Lord he wasn't perfect but the Lord still used him and saved a mighty city and he wasn't even happy about it but the Lord still used him um, it's kind of interesting and, um, you picture a parent who a child, say, took a toy from the other child, and he doesn't want to give it back, and you go grab him and fulfill the will, and he has to, you know, makes him give it back. It almost kind of seems like it's a situation like that. Um, it wasn't in his heart, but he made him see through what he told him. He was going to give it back. Yeah, yeah there's kind of, yeah, two, kind of two mercy stories there, one with Jonah and one with uh, Nineveh. All right. So, 
we'll move on down. So what did Jonah do in response to God's second calling? He obeyed. Jonah chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. Rose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Yeah, so you see there, again, it would be kind of uh, fun to go to your enemy's home and tell them that they're going to be overthrown. So, yeah, you're all going down. Um, but we'll see in just a minute of why <laughs> Jonah didn't really want care about giving that message, even though that was probably kind of exciting to him. Um, God said, preach unto it the preaching that I did. But it's like he knew what was on his mind to say. <laughs> yeah. That is some interesting wording there. Yeah, because um, we will see what the people's response was. What was the people's response? Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. Mom. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them and even to the least of them. So the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and set in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them every let them turn every one from their evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who call who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away his fierce anger that we perish not? All right, so yeah, we see there what Nineveh's response was, and it was really interesting to see that the, the king there um, from the top, it seemed like pretty immediately how that took hold and um, put out decrees, not just uh, if you're feeling this way or whatever. He said every man, every beast, Every flock um, is to turn from their evil ways and not to eat, um, fast, um, and uh, repent from the evil and the violence. And, uh, and it wasn't that, it didn't sound like maybe there was, but it didn't sound like uh, Jonah preached that if there was a repentance and if there um yeah, was if they did these things, the Lord would save them. It just sounded like this is what's this is why the Lord's going to uh, make your city fall. Um, 
and but they just they just did it. They feared the Lord, and uh, that's what happened. And uh, he says down there, so who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away His fierce anger that we perish not? So he so it doesn't sound like it. they didn't know, but like well, this is our only hope. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, so what a massive revival uh, that was. And you see in chapter 4, verse 11, that there's 120,000. Um, and interesting, plus much cattle <laughs> uh, in that city. Um, very interesting there. So what was um, God's response to Nineveh's repentant spirit? kind of seen that in chapter uh, 3, verse 10. Um, seemed like pretty immediately the Lord turned uh, what, what he was going to do to him. Um, and he did it not. So, and then here's, here's kind of one of the big, the big pouty story. What was Jonah's response to God's mercy? He was displeased. And it was interesting. Uh, he kind of how he went back to God and it's like, see God, this is this is why I don't want to preach this message. Because I knew you were merciful and I knew you would um, not destroy the city. Um, kind of interesting. But then after, right after that, it's almost like he. It almost seems like he thought he was going to change God's mind of make him repent of repenting from. <laughs> Uh, the destruction of Nineveh. He was, went back up to the sea, see what become of the city. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm not sure how all that fits together, but it is really interesting. So let's read chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. <coughs> but, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? And I was yet in my country, therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take I beseech thee my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. So it is kind of interesting. Well, uh, kind of think of like what was he, what was he actually waiting for? Uh, did he still really think that the Lord was gonna uh, do that? It'd be interesting if anybody else had any thoughts um, that they've. They thought of, or I've heard some uh, somebody's thoughts on that. The people just maybe he was waiting to see if the people were truly repentant and really, or was it just because we were scared and you know, because the people in those days they knew of the God of Heaven and they knew he the nations. Had more of a fear of God than we do today hmm. in the way of we're really scared, but maybe he was waiting to see if it was real or not. I don't know. Sometimes God would repent, but there would be a judgment. 
something that would happen afterwards. You know, punishment. Those people weren't God's people, so, you know, chasing, you know, they might have been the, been the same way we thought it. I don't know. Hmm. think back I believe it was the Assyrians oh, now I'm trying to remember that Tim was talking about in their whole tactic of getting um, or of taking over lands and keeping keeping control of lands with fear and a lot of that was done through torture and um, violence um, I wonder if that had I'm sure that had something to do with it I think that was the Assyrians, or was it the Assyrians? I don't remember which ones it was. But. So, yeah, it's kind of in- interesting. You just come, get spit out of a fish's belly. But why? Yeah, you can't have, you don't, you don't want that same mercy. But. These people are wicked, so he So, what happened after that? So he goes up to the top of the hill. He sees what's become of the city. Um, and the Lord decides to try to, well, he's going to teach him something. So this gourd grows, and then what happens? Gives him shade. He gets some comfort. And it gives him much, uh, let's say, exceedingly, yeah, exceeding glad of the gourd. So wasn't that a <clears throat> the Lord's mercy in this big um, revival was making him exceeding glad as that gourd <laughs> making him exceeding glad. Uh, oh man! But so then the God God sent that worm and it smote the gourd that it withered. And let's see, verse chapter four verses eight. Um, Verses 8 and 9, verse 8 and 9. Dad. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the Lord? And he said, I do well to be angry. Even unto death. So see, Jonah is so upset about this gourd that he 
just wants to die. You wonder if he really meant that or if it was more of he didn't see the destruction of Nineveh, if that was the root problem, or if he was really so attached to the, how much shade this Gord was giving him that he just wanted to die. Uh, it's an interesting statement there. I do well to be angry even unto death uh, for that Gord. So verses 10 through 11, it says, Then said the Lord, Thou hast pity on the gourd, for which thou hast not labored, neither madest grow, uh, which came up in a night, and perished in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? Uh, this is interesting. Yeah, the Lord, uh, you see, like, the mercy the Lord has upon these people. It's like, the Lord knew they were wicked, but he, he doesn't say the wicked. He said these, these um, what does he say, six score thousand persons that can't, that can't discern between the right hand and the left hand. He almost, the Lord took, he took pity upon on the people. Like, see, they didn't know. Um what was going on, um, and, and also much cattle, uh, and the Lord took pity on them. And it's kind of that big um, dissonance chord there, the cliffhanger of, it, be, of don't, it doesn't say what Jonah's response to that was. Um, it just kind of ends pretty abruptly. gives us kind of a big question of how we take, how some things can be so important to us um, and whether it be things or baseball teams or football teams and the Super Bowl and how we can get so emotionally involved in these things that we can get angry even unto death. Uh, but then we, we don't take much thought and pity on, um, you know, some people maybe that we see as um, not up to our standards, uh, wicked people, um, you know, as you think of, uh, and you do got to be careful and uh, know the Lord's calling, but, you know, you think of drunk people and those sort of situations, you know, maybe they just don't know their right hand from their left hand. Um, and they're just lost in their sin. And the Lord just wants us, you may have us to do something for them. Um, the Lord just sees them as his souls. And we need to take uh, pity and thought for, for those as much as we would something else. Uh, you know, that big buck that we missed. <laughs> no, it'll stick with us for the rest of our lives. Or you know, something that we wish we would have done. Those are our, our chords. What are our chords in our life? So I just thought that was kind of an interesting um, parallel in how and how and why the Lord didn't give Jonah's response there. Um, maybe because he wants us to uh, see what we're doing in our lives. Um, and maybe it's because it was a continual 
Kimmy old thing or Jonah? Because I do kind of wonder what happened to Jonah after that. But his character is always consistent with how many of those nations, like there was Ruth, Moses, and Rahab. But he's always looked out and went to the Gentiles. He uses people, but like, just his love has never changed, and that's been consistent all the way through. And so, people in our lives that were like, oh, hopeless, if you don't know what you're doing. To me, Hummingbird's word is so wise, things you don't see before. Um, but how it talks about the Lord asking Jonah the first time, Do thou well be angry? And he kind of gave him the silent treatment. <laughs> he didn't respond to him, he just went on top of him and pouted like he didn't want to answer him. And uh, it just kind of like jumps into my mind of. Just applying it to myself of, I hope I'm not the only one that gets mad at my husband, but uh, <laughs> sometimes we get angry, just so wound up in our own emotions, and you'll ask me, why are you mad at me? And I don't say anything. I'm just so mad. We're just sitting there pouting, and how ugly that just looks, and how ugly it looks here, and then finally he got a response out of him the second time, um, but it wasn't, you know, the right response. But just kind of applying that to, and this is something that comes up. Oh wow, that kind of again probably looks ugly to me too. It's an interesting book in the Bible. You know, it gives a lot because of the ending. It just like it doesn't conclude. <laughs> so very interesting. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, as we've gone through Jonah, Lord, asked some questions and um, just shared our thoughts together uh, as Christians, Lord, and um, how it applies and what things may have happened and, and just uh, uh, to search our hearts about this uh, situation, Lord, apply to our lives. And uh, do pray, Father, that um, uh, that uh, the uh, the readers would have a, a safe trip back, and and uh, all go well there. For we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen.